0: Welcome! You're listening to the Zapfloor Connect Podcast Show. For each episode, we discover new things in the world of agile working, work at the office, office tech, and more. Stay tuned! Up next, CEO and co-founder at Zapfloor, Thomas Sealan. Hello, everyone. So does the term circular economy ring a bell? Well, you might have heard uh, a lot about it on the various talk shows such as TED. But if you don't, no worries. You're going to find everything out about circular economy and how this applies in the world of real estate. And with me today is Michael Peters. He's the CEO and founder of LAMP, a company focused on making real estate smarter, sustainable, more circular as well. And uh, I think that's about right. Not Michael. Well, that's uh, completely right, actually. Yeah. So it's all
1: about uh, making the building smart and and more sustainable. And well, making a building circular for us is a part of sustainability where we say, okay, as circular as possible um, and if possible. and Because today in the current state of affairs, it's not always possible to make things circular yet. Um, But yeah,
0: that's the innovation we're all waiting for, of course. All right, super exciting! And um, before we go any deeper into all these uh, super interesting topics, maybe you can, can tell uh, the listeners a little bit about yourself.
1: Oh, so um, so I'm Michael Michael Peters, founder of Lamp, um, and I have a background actually in uh, in building service engineering, so everything that has to do with uh, heating, cooling, uh, and and those things, electricity um and from that I actually saw that there's well a lot of data being generated but not being used and um, well I started which is now known as as data science, but well back in the days it was not yet uh, coined that way. Uh, it's not uh, named that way And I started using data from building management systems, all those kind of things um and making buildings perform, Better and and well, with a focus on, on more economics, of course, uh, being more uh, generating more revenue or well, actually limiting costs, but also looking at environmental impact and, and how we can optimize actually um, from that perspective. And well, it grew and then sensors came on the market and we started using sensors and and all those things just to have more data and from that have other optimization problems uh, solved. Um, well, I, I'm an engineer from a background, so uh, well, the combination of data and mathematics and and physics, well, it's quite natural then and finding solutions, of course, and implementing them in practice. And well, before we knew it, we were a smart building company um, because that was not yet uh, really the term again. eh, So we were always a bit of in front of the wave, the big wave. Um, well, I started developing some software, some algorithms, um, and now in, with LAMP, we actually try to combine, and we also do that, we combine everything into one solution, where we do building management, optimization, um,
0: reporting, all those kind of things. Uh, that's what we do. All right. That's super, super interesting. Now... Michael, we've already briefly talked about it, but can you please explain the listeners, circular, circular economy, what does it mean? Well, it's a term we we hear a lot uh, these days. Now, of course,
1: um, well, there are a lot of definitions and actually there's none. Eh? So that's a bit the, the well, the frustration and also the greenwashing that is going on. Eh? So a lot of people think like, okay, when I do a lease and at the end of my lease, I, I give back the product, then, uh, then it's circular. Uh, and that's, of course, well, not really the goal. The goal of Circular Economy is really to, well, create products, um, get them, of use them, and at the end of use, recycle them as much as possible and reuse the materials as much as possible. So actually, if, if you really go high level, it's all about the resources that are being used and actually limiting the use of new resources to make a product uh, and 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 to get something well into motion, eh? to to well to apply something new with as less resources as possible. Eh? That that's actually the, the the idea of circular economy. And well, if you look today, you see a lot of business models going on eh? about circular economy, like um well the product service systems it's called in academia but um well in practice it's more like the as a service contracts and the circular leases and and the uh, all those kind of well names I, I have to say but it's all business models eh? and what we lack today is not only the business model but also the product being really circular and and that's what we need to focus on right now and also if you really want to be circular you really have to look at the product and and the supply chain of the resources that are needed to create the product and and that's a step that's often uh, well missed or lacking today
0: all right. And um, if we then look at circular economy in terms of real estate and, and uh, how then can real estate owners and, and mainly then the, the office building owners, how can they incorporate a circular economy in that way?
1: Well, for sure. Well, for, in the real estate sector, of course, we have the the real construction part eh, where, where you see the building as such, where you can become more circular by... Um, well, thinking about the reuse of materials at the end of life. eh? Can we reuse the bricks? Can we reuse the the windows? Can we do something about uh, the roof coverage? eh? All those things. eh? So really the big construction parts where you also see a bit of a trend. It's not really trending yet, but, but I'm pretty sure it's coming, where you say, okay, we want to make standardized building components that are also possible to reuse so um in dutch it's called remontable but actually the the translation in english would be something like uh um well uh, I, I don't know actually <laughs> so reusable building components like okay i take a Because a piece of the wall, I just nuts and bolts, I I unhook it from the building and reuse it somewhere else. eh? Mm -hmm. So that's the industrialization of the building process, the construction process. um, And that's for sure going on. eh? A lot of research is being done, like how to incorporate the reuse of building components at the end of lifetime and already engineering that at the beginning of the building, eh? which is actually uh, a good idea. Well, then, internal the building. Well, we can do a lot. Like, uh, we can look at carpeting, and uh, there's a lot to do about uh, the, the circular economy of carpeting. It's also, well, pretty advanced, actually, if you go and look at uh, companies like Desso um they well without uh <laughs> name calling uh yeah, but uh but again they 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 did that very well eh? so they yeah. really have the the resource the supply chains uh the reuse of their of their carpeting tiles um well and an amazing circular part uh of of uh of resource sharing with new products eh? so that that's done very well um Another trend we see is the as a service contracts, where actually the product manufacturer, well, stays responsible for the performance of his of his, uh, of his product. Yeah? Like light as a service is a very famous um, uh, example, uh, where you say, okay, I pay for the for the light and not for the fixture and the lamp and and the electricity and and whatever. And by having that kind of contract, when the contract is constructed right, uh, because there's uh, some, uh, some dangers on the market, eh? there's mm-hmm. a, a lot of opportunistic uh, contracts too, but well, in essence, um, the idea is that, well, um, the, by making the manufacturer or the product provider also responsible for the service being the result of the product, um, well, he has to gain with being more optimal and reusing the product as much as possible. Um, and from that, he will re-engineer his product so that it's easier to reuse and that it's easier to, um, uh, or that it's more optimal, uh, optimally performing. Um, and that, that's really the goal and, and the big trend I'm, I'm looking forward in seeing implemented within, within real estate
0: all right that's super interesting but these investments are are they entirely altruistic or can companies really make money or or can they can they make their investments back in one way yeah
1: yeah for sure so if you look at the manufacturers Well, they have to, of course, do the investment and and then they go and deliver something as a service. Um, But if you look, and and I I actually wrote my PhD on this one, eh? so the product service system and what would be, well, the added value for real estate. And if you go and calculate the feasibility from an economic, a social and an environmental perspective, you will see it's win-win-win when it's done right. eh? Of course, uh, when... Well, your manufacturer, which nobody wants to do eh, is really opportunistic yeah then then the system fails eh? but if it's done right and with the right intentions, well, the result will be a more sustainable building with a very nice business model for the manufacturer, which is actually much better than the one he has when he's just selling the product because he has the the link with the customer um he has the the feedback of how the the things are being used, he can optimize his products from the the usage data uh real time he also has every advantage when he optimizes for, for instance the energy usage of his of his product because it's for him it's direct um him or her huh? it's direct cash return um so that's uh, so that's a no brainer for a company actually to do Yeah, it has to have cash upfront, but even that it's, well, it's doable LAMP does something that's called Cisco, a circular economy service company, where we actually will go and support um, manufacturers who want to make their product more circular. I don't say circular as such, but more circular, uh, we can provide cash and we will help them implementing and, and making the business model and and, and optimizing their product. Uh, and And we see a growing interest on the market for that part.
0: And how do you then, if we look at circular in real estate, how do you then measure, let's say, success? How Do you have any definition about it or how do you...
1: Well, there's not really a clear definition um, on on what is success. So, from a circular point of view, we can measure the reusability of uh, of products of resources.
0: Story then for sure
1: that that's for sure a success. But that's on on a component. Uh, So, for instance, the carpets, the lighting, whatever the the HVAC system. but our goal is on, on multiple levels. So it's not only on product level, um, but it's also really on business on, on, uh, on building level, eh? and yeah. where we say, okay, we want to make the whole building more sustainable and not just put some circular things in it and, and see what happens. Eh? Um, well, and then things become a bit harder because you always have to have the balance, like, yeah, is this an operational cost is the, and and does this operational cost um, well still is uh, proportional towards being circular eh? so that that's that's kind of a balance you need to look for because in the end and and that's very important from a theoretical point of view everything is possible but yeah it is a building in in general is still an investment eh? yeah or an asset that is being used to generate money <laughs> and, uh, absolutely <laughs> that, that, that's still that's still for sure and that there's nothing wrong with that one um and that's also why we always look very hard at the business case uh, yeah because we also know we can push circular uh, circular uh products as much as we want if it's not um from a, a money point of view feasible well, then it also will not be sustainable because we will need to redo everything in in a short amount of time because vision and being altruistic is very important for, for most companies. But yeah, in the end, it has to be sustainable. Something, well, it needs to generate at least... Uh, as much money uh, as, as it costs otherwise
0: it, yeah. it just stops and the system is gone. But then if I conclude it correctly and correct me if I'm wrong, then a success in uh, a successful investment in a circular economy regarding buildings would be that it's circular and sustainable as long as it's also in line with the operations within the building. For sure.
1: Uh, otherwise well what we we are always looking at something that's called utility uh, utilities, um using the asset as much as possible, right? because yeah, you you already made the cost, and not only from a monetary point of view, but also from a resource point of view, from an environmental point of view, you have a certain cost of creating an asset. And the more you use that asset, well, uh, well in in the in the idea that the asset of course himself <laughs> or itself is um is sustainable, well, the more you use it, well, the more you're going to use the resources that are being used to create the asset uh, and, and the more return you will get from that investment. And the investment, again, can be, um, well, environmental, eh, where you say, okay, we're going to chop down a tree, but we're going to use the wood as much as possible so that we don't need to chop another tree. Eh? So, and that's utility. And, and, and we really want to look at how can we make the real estate objects in in, in total as util and so so used as much as possible and the alignment um, with the operations within a building that's also why we started with building management and um, the alignment of the activities in the building with the building itself is it's really important uh, and then Well, from that, of course, you go and see that, well, real estate will become more flexible so that we can use it much more than than just for one function. And from that, um, well, you get a a more sustainable building.
0: All right. Now, we've talked now about circular economy, but it seems to me that Obviously, and this is something that interests me a lot, is that it seems that technology and and property technology in general are aspects that really can make a building smart and also more circular in a way and can help towards the circularity of that. And so what technologies do you see as really vital in supporting a circular building?
1: Well, so... Data is everything. Eh? so, because what you do not measure, you do not know. Eh? Yeah. It's uh, something we say among engineers, but, but it's true. And eh? what, what you don't measure, you don't know. And, um, well, having sensors and technologies, uh, technology implemented in the building will give you, well, a lot of Optimization possibilities, eh? because you will see and you will notice, like okay, something is wrong, something is going on there. How can we actually go and optimize? How, how can we do better? How can we um, well lower the operational cost, but also how can we use less cleaning product? How can we well uh, more optimally use spaces? Eh? For instance, we did a study on on meeting rooms where we see that meeting rooms are vacant like thirty percent of the time. Yeah. So. If we redesign buildings and we make those meeting rooms accessible from a ground floor so that we don't get into security uh, issues, of course, for the rest of the building. But do these meetings on the ground floor and when not used, lease them out uh, on on people like in a co-working and and just lease them out. That's revenue for the building and the building owner, building user um well and and from a resource perspective well you use it more you use yeah. the, the 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 resources which are a sunk cost you use them as much as possible and yeah. that's actually uh the aim there um and and technology can facilitate that eh, where you can say okay we will offer our vacant space in a lease out concept somewhere on the website but then we also have to have smart locks so that we don't have well, we don't need anybody to open the door because yeah. then it becomes too expensive. All those kind of mm-hmm. things, but also go towards uh, activity-based facility management. Eh? Uh, has there been somebody? Yes, then we need to clean. If it, yeah. there's not been somebody that day, we don't need to clean. The next day, we need to clean anyway. Eh? Okay. So, and and that activity-based aspect is very important because from that you can really go and optimize. Uh, also like like the use of detergents uh, the use of 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 also human capital and human labor eh? you can really more optimally steer everything um, and from that save costs and and save resources and that's what's all about
0: but so if if i hear you then 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 i hear a lot about sensors and smart locks and all the data gathering and but so how would you then maybe if we then take a step back how would you define a smart building and would you say that every smart building in that definition is also circular
1: well it's not circular circular is is well circular is actually a a small for me today a small part of sustainability And if I look at a smart building, for sure, sustainability is a factor. eh? Otherwise, you're not a smart building. Then you're just a a building filled with technology. eh? Um, But if you're not using the technology to make your building more sustainable, and again, sustainability has for me a definition like being um, used to the fullest extent, um, have data, to actually go and optimize the usage of the building and the resources that are being used to create the building. And also that it's, well, sustainable, as in you can use it, well, for the longest periods of time. Eh, that, that's, well, so every smart building has to be sustainable. And within that sustainability layer, well, there could be that you have made circular choices. Yeah. Uh, um, for instance, eh, that, that you use the resources well, as of, of building components and and everything that's in a building as optimal as possible. Yeah. So every smart not every smart building will be circular, um, but sustainability is for sure a part of smart. Okay. Um and and smart buildings, well, can be circular, that's for sure.
0: All right. And other than technologies catered to to making Buildings circular or more sustainable? Let's say, do you see any other technologies? Let's say, just in general, then in high demand in in in, in office real estate in 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 that aspect. Then,
1: well, there's a lot of do about, um, especially today about, um, well, uh, using less space. Uh, to actually go and facilitate uh, facilitate the same amount of workers. Uh? Yeah. Um, so reservation systems uh, and and uh, well the presence detections at workplaces, uh, hot desking, uh, all those kind of these systems are very well popular and and with go co- with Corona or COVID, um, well increased in popularity. Uh? Yeah. Also, we see a lot of building automation going on. It's possible with your app on your phone that you can. Um, well, call the elevator, uh, yeah. turn on all off the lights, uh, yeah. reset your, your, your set points of your thermostat, all those kind of things. So being, well, making the building, well, as uh, touchless as possible. Hey, you yeah. don't really need to interact with the physics of the building. You can just interact with your phone. So yeah. that, that's for sure a trend we see. And from that trend, a second phase is how can workers themselves, so users of the building, go and optimize it for themselves. Ah, I want another light color. I want more light, less light. I want mm-hmm. it ho- uh, m- uh, more warm. I want it cooler. I want, I don't know what. Eh? So, and that that's for me a second step where you really see the personalization of the building going on um, and, and the connectedness of the systems with yeah. the building and the interaction with the user will make that possible.
0: All right. Now, I've already uh, talked briefly about LAMP together with you. Can you maybe now, Based on what we've already discussed, elaborate more about Lamp and and in and and also in your own words explain all the connections between what you've now all mentioned. Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: well, Lamp started out as, as well. We had a clear vision, <laughs> to be honest, um, and we started with building management because we we understood and it's still our vision that the user of the building is the more important, the most important part because everything that has to do with technology and being circular and sustainable and building materials, that that's, well, that's something that exists. That's pretty standard. Um, There are a lot of solutions on the market. So off the shelf already a lot is available, Mm -hmm. but what is in a building always a bit, well, unpredictable that's the building user and what does he or she want, need, Um, And and how can we actually make it as comfortable as possible? Because if we make it as comfortable as possible, or at least uh, according to his or her wishes, um well then then you will also see that they use the building more frequently if they use the building more frequently they're also uh, a- again the assets being more used uh, and from that we have a more optimal uh, resource spending so so that that's that's the idea we started from the user and looking at okay what are the services they want what is how can we facilitate them how can we unburden them in their day to day journey and and Well, in our vision, the the social perspective of a building is, again, the most important. Being able to meet each other, being able to interact with one another, being able to co-create and co-design stuff. And... We actually look at what is the user, what does he want, also the investor, and what does he want, what, what is the, the 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 important parts of, of the corporate or the investing party for them, for the building, and then we match them. And from that we know, and that's a process we call value engineering, we know what the user wants, we know what the investing party wants, and we are going to combine it and then look for technology solutions that can actually go and facilitate that behavior. And then, yeah, again, the sustainability is like the red thread where we're always looking at, okay, how can we make the building more sustainable? So from the value engineering, we know what everybody wants from the building. And then we translate it into a policy like, okay, um, uh, from a social perspective, these are the things we we want to implement. From an environmental perspective, these are the choices we will make. These are the the policies we will get uh, into action. Um, well, uh, and and also from an economic point of view, how can we finance the whole thing? Yeah, a- and and that's really the 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 biggest combination. But we start from the social, and that's what what makes us a bit unique. Yeah, our offering again is not a purely consulting part. Um, we really want to go A to Z. So we we don't only tell what to do or propose what to do. We will also yeah. do it, and mm-hmm. we will put it into action, on burden. The investor completely um well and even allow white labeling and huh? nobody needs to know that it's lamb for us it's really about making the building more sustainable being used to the fullest and um yeah and 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 that's
0: it that's what we offer all right and so let's say I own a large office building and i want to work with lamp then how how would that go and king can, can you also give any uh, practical examples of of what you already mentioned in in you know with the socials and with the environmental stuff
1: well for instance um i, I, I take the the uh, well the example of student housing eh? mm-hmm. where some owners of student housing say okay for us eh, our values of the company are um well that it's secure and we want to have as much as possible that students feel a drive to become entrepreneurs. That can be a value, entrepreneurship and security. And from those two values, we will develop a different uh, student housing and then especially the common areas. Then when you say, OK, for us, it's um, well, it's all about well-being and health. Well, then, then we will make other choices. As well in technology as in building layout and, and and all those things. So that that's actually an example of the translation. And like um, if you say, okay, um, we have a standard office, and now with Corona we have a new home working policy. So square meters will not be used or will not be used as intensive as it as they used to be used. Um, so what we then propose is, okay, let's do like co working. Let's go and well, do some optimi- optimization of your building. Let's take some meeting rooms and or workplaces that are not being used again and well, make them active to another market like a co-working market. And, and that's something we see well happening a lot these days. Like, okay, we have one floor we don't use anymore. Well, let's put a co-working in it as well for the internal users from other campuses or, or other building locations. As for external users, uh, people passing by, Uber-wise, look at uh, where can I uh, book a desk, and and okay, come in and and, and yeah. start using that. Huh? All right. That 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 are well well, it's really a trend that's really active right now because yeah, the square meter optimization is of course a, well a no-brainer for most of the companies.
0: Yeah. All right. And so. Um... Maybe a bold question, but why would I use your services over, let's say, a competitor?
1: Well, for, well, it's a fair question. Um, we do everything. and eh? So that's very important. Eh? We are not only consulting, we're also doing. We're not only doing, we're also consulting. Eh? Yeah. Um, so there are a lot of workplace consultants, which are doing perfect work, eh, by the way, uh, on the market telling you, yeah, we should, well, you should do it like ABC. huh. Eh? We are really into translating that ABC into practice. Eh? So we will come to you and say, "Okay, we will do everything." Also, building management, facility management, property management, we will do the invoicing for you. We will do the well. Um, we w- we will do the the the, the compliance checks, um, the whole operations, including hospitality, for instance, for co-working. So we really unburden A to Z. Um, and on top of that, and that's something, um, well, really to be discussed on a project level, we also dare to guarantee results eh, where we can say, okay, this oh, wow. we will do for that operational expense. And then, well, for an investment party, for instance, yeah, you get a, a well, actually your your building will become kind of a bond <laughs> uh, because you don't have any risk anymore because yeah. we will take that risk.
0: Yeah? So it's really a, a certainty then that the investor gets at that level. Yeah, for
1: sure. Uh, so we, we dare really, well, not for every in every case, but um, well, we dare to really say, okay, we will do this for 20% uh, fixed OPEX. Uh, I just call out the number and then it's fixed. Uh, oh, so wow. the, the risk is gone. Yeah.
0: Okay, fantastic. So, yeah, um, the transition towards more sustainable real estate in the world generally do you see globally that there's also an increase in demand for the sustainable real estate
1: yeah for sure so what actually happened is um, well 2014 but really clearly uh, implemented in 2019 um, investors were given uh, from their fiduciary duty, as it's called, Mm -hmm. Um, they have to check ESG parameters before they make an investment. eh? So in ESG is environmental, social, and governance. So uh, investment parties are actually triggered um, and obliged now to actually go and check those three Factors, eh, environmental, social, and governance. Well, why not the economic part? Because that's something they already did. <laughs> they knew they had to check uh, from the economics point of view if if an investment was uh, was was worthwhile. Uh, but now also from an environmental, a social, and a governance part. Now the governance part it's really about how the companies measure, uh, manage how, how transparent it is. Do they do the reportings? All those kind of things. So okay, I leave that one aside. But then environmental and socially. Um, Well, you see that also in the first ESG reportings that are now being published, well, uh, you see that it grows in importance, eh? also because money can only flow (laughs) when those factors are okay eh? or check the box, eh? but today there's not really a clear definition on how to check the environmental part, the social yeah. part, so it's still a bit a wild west, and everybody is doing his thing, and of course, everybody is doing their best. But it would be better if there's a standardized way yeah. to go and actually measure those things.
0: So so that you can literally check those boxes on reaching certain requirements for or sure. standards. Yeah,
1: for sure. That, that's the idea. So you see uh, like GRI, Cresby,
0: SESB, uh, all those things. Uh, so can they, you, for the listeners, can you explain the acronyms that you... Uh,
1: yeah, so the GRI is uh, the, the Global Reporting Initiative. Cresby, um, okay. uh, I'm, I'm not really sure. SESB like sustainable accounting I don't know again so we should look it up Um, but there are all frameworks that claim or that want to become the standard of ESG reporting and yeah. uh, that that's actually the the idea i think that i think that GRI is like the most popular now or GRESB one of those okay, um yeah. so uh, and what they actually do is they they provide lists like okay did you already check this one um well, also some KPIs like okay you should be in that area uh, when you go and measure stuff and That's also where smart building comes into play, eh? where you can really go and say, okay, let's not just check the box, but also prove it and go and measure it and report on it. Um, Well, and then it becomes more transparent. And from that transparency, you can really assess a building uh, more clearly on its environmental and its ESG factors. eh? And, And that would be very important when doing a transaction with investing parties, because it's not like yeah we we need to assess sustainability and and yeah uh, is it yeah what's the energy usage eh? mm-hmm. but you can really go and say okay these are the KPIs we want to achieve these are the measurements that are being made and and well look at it and 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 uh, well sustainability is being printed out and that's uh, that's very uh, well it's very interesting to have
0: and do you let's say regionally do you also see any difference in in how Countries are then uh, different in implementing these. And are there countries where there are, is already more of a standard compared to the other countries, or do you see any spe- specifics there?
1: Um, well, so uh, yeah, ESG uh, in general, eh, so in Europe, eh, is being uh, is being implemented, eh, um, and and it's being seen. Well, it is still the wild west. I, I'm not really sure. Well, I see, of course, in the Scandinavian countries, eh, they're a bit. Further in measuring things and 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 being more sustainable, um, but I, I'm not really seeing like the the big um, countries where you say okay here everything is now uh, as it should be. Um, again, there's not really a standard, so you can still go uh, and play around with the uh, with the numbers and and what is being measured and yeah, uh, make claims out of that one. Eh? So that that's not always. Um, Well, it's not always that clear. That's also why um, standardized certificates eh, like uh, Bream, Smart Building Certificate, LEED, uh, all those things, well, are that popular because they well, aside of there being right or wrong eh, from an, from from the result point of view, they make things comparable, eh? and and that's a big example. Eh? Yeah. That, that's a big uh, advantage um, that that's um, that's coming out of all those certification schemes. Eh? And I'm pretty sure, from an ESG point of view and from a sustainability point of view, well, there will become a standard that will allow to go and 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 measure things and and. Um, Well, and make them comparable one to to another. eh? Um, For instance, like, uh, again, in Belgium, eh, we are not, uh, well, we are not lagging behind on that one. eh? There there are some initiatives going on. um, Like, for instance, eh, the Flemish government has its own system. eh? It's called the Gro. Um, to go and measure sustainability and making it more comparable.
0: And the GROW means?
1: Yeah, GROW is actually the, the name of um, of uh, a European uh, Parliament member that ah, that, yes, that I, works uh, on I remember. Uh, on sustainability. Yeah, so that, that's where, yeah. where the name comes from. Um, well, and the GROW is actually, well, it's a pretty nice instrument to, to go and measure sustainability and make things comparable. Um, and we also okay. see on the building market today that... Uh, Well, it's being used, uh, not only when you need to use it, eh, in in government projects, you need, well, Flemish government projects, you need to use it. But also in other. we see that the instrument, well, gets traction and it's uh, nice to use and uh, it's clear. So, well, so we have to be proud on that one, eh, for sure.
0: All right. Um, now, um, this is something that I'm at this moment still still wondering. Are there any standards that you predict to be the ones who will be the the standard globally?
1: oh um, well that's very well predicting the future
0: is always hard eh? absolutely um, but just your gut feeling knowing well, that you're such a thought leader on the market
1: well gut feeling uh, I, I see a lot of potential in GRI eh, the global reporting initiative mm-hmm. um, because it's very open uh, you can also do suggestions they implement it. it's really a, a very active community like in open source software and eh? it's a really active community while developing that and, and implementing stuff um, so I, I, I feel Feel something for for them, um, and I also well come across them quite often. Uh, so okay. so I think that's uh, for sure something that well in Belgium I, I'm not really sure for the, for the rest of uh, of the world, um, but GRI is for sure something well that is being well it's global reporting yeah, initiative. Uh, so they 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 are active. Uh, also Gresby is something that I see well coming by quite often actually. Um, so I think it will be amongst those two. Uh, and if I would have to put my money on one, I, I would go for the GRI.
0: Okay, that's interesting. Well, uh, let's, uh, let's see what the future says on that one. Um, then also an, another uh, and, and one of my favorite questions for this podcast is the upcoming technological advancements in office real estate. Which one are you actually most excited for the ones that are coming up?
1: Well, we are focusing really on hybrid real estate uh, where we will go and virtualize um, buildings, uh, office buildings. Um, And really making those buildings accessible, like, for instance, a 3D game. eh? Mm -hmm. Um, And what is the goal? It's not really to have just a user interface on the building or have very cool graphics, but also have the possibility to interact within virtual space with different building users. And that's uh, really the hybridization of those buildings. We did some developments in that uh, area. We, We have some test runnings. And, and it's really awesome. And I do predict that that's the way to remain connected with the office, even when not being in the office. And and that's the way you can keep your community of of, uh, of building users together and, and have them work more optimally uh, and in a more social responsible way.
0: All right. That's super interesting. Now, one final question from my side. Um, it's a bold one. Um, sustainable real estate circular buildings when would you expect that to be the norm because in the, in the end environmentally also for the planet I, I mean we're we're all uh looking at these environmental changes um so when would you say that it would become a norm is it are we talking about five years are we talking about decades are we talking
1: oh, I, I think that um well, to make a norm will be very difficult to do eh? because there are a lot of degrees of freedom and it will not be easy to implement. I think if you today are developing buildings or in the real estate sector and you're not thinking about sustainability and circularity and all those things, then you're already wrong. Eh? And, and not from, a, well, not from a, an altruistic point of view, but the the business models And uh, the opportunities and the sustainability of your investment. Again, a building, you don't build a building for five years. eh? You're really constructing a building for 30, 40, 50 years. So you have to take sustainability into account now already, because also the new generation is really sensitive to that one. And so like like my generation and, and the ones before me, well... They were aware that uh, efficiency of resource use and 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 um, and energy use and all those things are important and and we have to look at them, but but now it's really a mentality. Eh? It's we 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 knew it. They live it. Eh? They really yeah. are like okay. We need. We want to make a statement. Yeah. Only by choosing. The places we work in, the places we live in, yeah. um, they have to be sustainable. Otherwise, you're gone. Uh, you don't have a market anymore.
0: All right. And I think that's a fantastic note on, on which one we can wrap things up. Um, as I see, we're also running out of time, Michael. Um, thanks for sitting down with me and sharing all your insights about uh, smarter building, circular economy, and, and the future of real estate. The pleasure
1: was uh, completely mine, and I hope we can redo this in, uh, well, in in... in Short time so that we can see the advancements.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I'm super excited to see also the predictions where we will go to, how it will end up. So, uh, and on that note, there were a lot of golden nuggets uh, in this episode. So, you can always rewind the episodes to the parts that were most interesting for you, or you can re listen to the episodes on zapflooracu.com or on our SoundCloud, Zapfloor Connects. For those interested in learning more about LAMP, please check out their website, www.lamp.be. For those who are interested in learning more about sapflor and what we do, please check out our website, www.zapfloorhq.com. You can find both links in the description below of this episode we will also add michael's linkedin and mine so if you wish to connect please do so and you can always refer to the podcast on how you found us so see you soon in the next episode of sapfloor comments